with so much Calvin really love and rightfully so we forget the importance of Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. I'll tell you why you shouldn't do that here today on Locked On Jaguars. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Thanks once again for joining me, Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. We're at your team every day. We thank you for making us your first listen with a quick reminder that we are free to subscribe to on our YouTube page. Make sure you go and hit that like button, hit that bell so you get the notifications and the share button, too, if you will. Also, if you listen to audio podcasts, make sure wherever you do that, at you tap in every single day to make sure you don't miss an episode. Now, I want to give a shout out to the everydayers. That's right. The everydayers of the Lockdown Jaguars podcast. We're so happy to have you every single day. I shouted somebody out yesterday. And if you're not an everyday, you can't be. All you got to do is join us here every day. That's why we call everyone the everydayers. All right. So we're going to get right into it today. I want to talk about remembering Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Now you get that new toy and you forget about your old ones. And sometimes there's some value in remembering what it was like to have those other toys, right? Also, I'm going to explain to you why the Ridley edition made uh, was made so smooth by, you guessed it, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and their unselfishness and the way that they welcomed him into the fray. Also, the number of traits of the Jags, top three wide receivers. Some of them are the same. There's a little bit different with each player. I'm going to go through those things here today. Let's not bury it, though. Everybody understands that Calvin Ridley is the man of the hour because he is the one who has already been established as a super elite prospect at the wide, wide receiver position. Zay Jones and Christian Kirk got paid a year ago. And guess what? Whether folks want to realize it now or not, they were worth every single penny that was spent on them by the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. Every single penny that this organization spent on those two players was well, well worth it. They earned their money. Christian Kirk with a big year with over 1,100 yards with 84 catches. And surprisingly, right behind him, Zay Jones. Zay Jones had 82 receptions. And I don't know if people realize that. Now, there's a difference of about 250, 300 yards, I believe, in the two uh, statistically. But the bottom line is, is this. They both still got it done. And they were helped a lot by Evan Ingram having 73 catches last year as well. And um, the 46 Jones, uh, Marvin Jones had 46 catches. We have not and will not forget about that. So it was a total of 285 catches between the number one tight end and the top three receivers. Outside of those two guys, ETN as well as Jamal Agnew both had uh, anywhere between 23 and 30 catches. We're not including running backs because, you know, that that's a whole different thing that we'll discuss at another particular time. But we're talking about just the receivers and the tight ends. Outside, and I know a lot of people want to list Jamal Agnew as a wide receiver, and he's sort of an offensive weapon for the, for the sake of what we're doing here because he's still there, right? So whatever his production is isn't really going to change 
And if it does change, it'll be because of maybe the addition of Tank Bigsby or the fact that they won't have to use him as much in certain areas. But outside of when you look at the wide receivers, outside of um, the top three last year, as well as the tight end, only 22 catches were made by anyone else that played wide receiver or tight end. You heard me. 22. So that's 297 receptions. It does not take into account the attempts. It doesn't take into account um, the targets. It just talks about the actual production. It also doesn't take into account where the Jag- where the Jaguars were in the game, were they behind. And late in the year, they came from behind a lot, so that means that Trevor really had to gun it out. But um, a lot of those things uh, are not being considered. But just for the sake of using stats, and you, you guys know I don't do that very often, we're going to use just these stats to try to get some semblance of how we think it's going to go this year. Because when you add someone like Calvin Ridley, it's easy for fans to forget about the other two guys. But it's also reasonable to think that with his talent level and his height that he's going to be at the top of the food chain when it comes to uh, targets and receptions. He's the best wide receiver on the team. Why wouldn't he be, right? So it's not only that, though, that that comes into play here. What else comes into play here is that because of his presence, everyone else's numbers I wouldn't necessarily say take a hit because if the team is doing better, they're not going to care. Nobody else will care. And we'll talk about that part of it in segment two when we talk about how this smooth, how smooth this transition was. But it's obvious that folks are going to I'm glad everybody got their money like Evan Ingram got his money this offseason. And the other two guys that just got paid last offseason, because now. If you're using numbers to get contracts and to get money, what everybody will be disappointed. Because when you add a Calvin Ridley, everyone else's production will go down. Will it go down a lot? I don't know. I have no idea whether it's going to go down a whole bunch. In fact, if Christian Kirk catches 14 less passes than he did last year, that's less than one pass caught per game that's going to affect his overall number if it goes from 84 to 70, right? But here's where they're important. Because if you win and whenever you win, folks that are the number one guys that are good but not necessarily considered great, and when you add a great player, well, they move a step back and they go to good. Zay Jones is now going to be the Marvin Jones of this team. Christian Kirk is going to be the Zay Jones of this team. And I know it's not apples to apples, but you get my point. And now Calvin Ridley will be maybe a better version of a number one outside than Christian Kirk was. Totally reasonable to think that that's the way it's going to go. I'm going to give you some numbers here that are going to absolutely support what I might be saying. So you had 285 between the top three and the tight end last year, 285 receptions. Let me say that between those guys, Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones, and Ingram this year, I'd say it's going to be about 255. So I have, instead of Kirk having 84, Jones having 82, Ingram having 73, and then Marvin Jones is 46, I say Calvin Ridley with 85, Christian Kirk with 70, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram both with 50, so that means 255. So you say, wait, why a 30 reception difference? 
and you're not including the running backs. You're not including Tank Biggs, but you're not including. It's because I'm including the rest of those tight ends that I believe have really upgraded that room, whether it's Luke Farrell, Garrett Prince, and the rookie Brenton Strange. I really think you're talking about some reception, not just 30 receptions between those guys. And it's hard to really put a number on it because of the ebb and the flow of the game, because of injuries, because of, and we hate using that word, but all of those things will factor in. Here's here's the thing. It won't make a difference if the winds go up and if the profile of the team goes up because it makes them more dangerous. Will there be games where Zay Jones just shows out? I think the two best game receiving games were had by Zay Jones and maybe the third best individual game was had by Evan Ingram. But Christian Kirk led the team in receptions and yards. So there's a bunch of different ways to look at this. I'm going to look at the Eagles. And then I'm going to go through, I gave you the Jaguar numbers. I'm going to go through the Eagles numbers at the top of segment two. Before I tell you that why I believe this transition was so smoothly uh, done by the Jaguars, and it's two guys named Zay and Christian. When I say don't forget about them, I'm not just saying don't forget about their contributions on the field, but don't forget about the class. Don't forget about the team first attitude that they've had by welcoming, welcoming Calvin Ridley to this team. And then they did even more. They came in in what appears to be the best shape of their life. So it's an iron sharpens iron, and that's how rooms get lifted. We'll talk about those things in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. But first, I must tell you about today's sponsor, which is Underdog Fantasy, and it's Best Ball Mania. It's here. August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out Best Ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com to find them in the app store and sign up with the promo code locked on all one word in caps to get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on it is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball you can also invite your your friends your fans to a private draft in order to bring in new people and i just might do that right so it's underdog with the promo code locked on All right, running it down here on Locked on Jaguars here, talking about the addition of Calvin Ridley and why we can't forget about the guys who were here before. It's just so easy for people to move on to to the new thing. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about football here, so y'all don't you know go all crazy on me when you think I'm talking about something else. But uh, honestly, it's easy to move on to the new thing. Sometimes people get a haircut by a different barber and think that that barber is better than their barber until they get used to that barber. And they don't realize that that guy only cut their hair really, really good because it was the first time and he was trying to entice them to come back more often. Same thing with football. You can forget about how much Zay Jones and Christian Kirk had you going crazy last year 
because you you know you're thinking about Calvin Ridley, thinking about the number one receiver. And I'm not saying that this team didn't need a number one receiver because we all know that they absolutely did. But I am saying that a team that's going to win championships has multiple layers of players and playmakers that can get it done. We've seen it with the Bucks. We saw it with the Rams. We saw it with the challenge that was uh, put against the Rams a couple of years ago with uh, the Bengals. We have seen it with the Chiefs over and over again. And even when they lose people, they still get more people. So, yeah, the thing, the thing is, I'm going to measure the Jaguars right now production-wise to another team that last year added the number one receiver after the after the year before they drafted the guy that everybody thought was going to be the number one. So the Eagles drafted two years ago. They drafted Devontae Smith, had a real good rookie year. But they saw an opportunity to go out and get A.J. Brown. And boy, did A.J. Brown really respond. Now, I'm going to show you how that response uh, went on paper. A.J. Brown became the number one. He had 88 catches for 1,496 yards and 11 touchdowns. Sounds like a number one receiver to me, right? Ironically, Devontae Smith actually had more catches than A.J. Brown. He had 95 catches for just under 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. The guy fits his role perfectly. Ends up with more catches than the number one guy. The number one guy is the big play guy the jump ball guy, the downfield guy who's a route runner. He's tough as hell after the catch. Devontae Smith just fit right in and, and had a season that was very, very good, better than Christian Kirk, who, who's the Jaguars number one. And their third receiver, Dallas Goddard, who's considered one of the best tight ends in the league. I would think that people say he's better than Evan Ingram. He had 55 catches to Evan Ingram, 73. So this is where it shows you there's not necessarily the numbers, but the impact. Quez Watkins was their fourth receiver. I had 33 catches on 51 targets, right? So that's 268 balls to their top four guys. The Jaguars had 285. I'm telling you that this year, if they have 255, that is going to be a success. Were the Eagles successful with the way that they did it? Yes. I don't know, though, that the Jaguars' top two will have that much separation from everybody else. There's a 40-catch difference between Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. I, I don't know if there'll be a 40 catch difference between Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and, and Evan Ingram. But you can see how it can line up and it could be a little bit different, right? I mean, we'll talk about the different characteristics too in segment three, but it's going to be very, very important. One of the things that's going to play a huge part in this is how these guys get along. And one of the things that I believe made this transition so smoothly for Calvin Ridley is the fact that these guys get along. These guys are team first dudes. When you and they've been worth their money in more ways than one. And if there's anything you want to give Trent, Trent Balky some credit for here, and Doug Peterson is they have a type. They believe that a guy's character and fit is super super important, not just about talent. So when they went and got these two guys last year, the folks thought that they overpaid, include me and folks. But I did, I wasn't mad at him about Christian Kirk. I, I I scratched my head a little bit about Zay Jones. Because I didn't believe up until that point the, the money matched the, the productivity. However, this is where the pro, pro player personnel department comes in. This is where the, the scouting comes in. This is where coaches knowing other coaches from around the league and they talk to them about guys. This is where that comes in. And, and you got to think that these guys always and I always tell you when people say, well, why is this team at this kid's workout when they don't need a guy at that position? Because the people that would have worked out Zay Jones and Christian Kirk 
were not here at that time and they were somewhere else, but they still needed a mental note on what they were getting in free agency because they have their own evaluation that they did, right? Combine that with the, the film and the tape that you see and then combine that with something that we all don't really understand. And that is what, not where you want to go because everyone want, wants to go to a title, but more or less what, how are you going to get there? What's your roadmap to get to the place where you want to go? And character and and the ability to, to be a team guy is one of them. It's the same thing with the running backs this, this year. We're all on the same team. I'm sure Doug, uh, I'm sure Tank Bigsby heard that Doug Peterson says he wants uh, Travis Etienne to get 16, 1700 yards. But at the same time, I'm sure Travis Etienne saw Tank Bigsby in practice, breaking off a 70-yard run, running in between people and outrunning DBs. And hopefully when these guys see what happens amongst themselves and amongst each other, the first thing that they think about is we're going to be pretty damn good. When you're better, your stats can be less and you could still get the credit for being better. And you could still get the credit that comes along with being a great player. And like I said, the only one playing for money right now is Calvin Ridley and he, he's going to get that. Calvin Ridley's going to get paid. So it's real important that we remember both Christian and Zay, what they did on the field, but also what they have done off the field. They didn't pout. They both look physically better than they were last year. They're going hard in practice. They're looking quicker, in my opinion, in their new roles that they'll play. This will be a situation where the Jaguars will not lack speed and the Jaguars will never have someone on the field that is not a threat to do some big things. Now, I want to talk about the individual traits that I believe makes them all good, the top three wide receivers in particular, because I think they have some similarities, but I also think that they have a few differences in how they play. But make sure you tap into Locked On NFL and make that your next watch five days a week two different uh, tandem every single day. I'm on with James Rapine on Wednesday and there are other tandems and, and guys, I believe uh, Kevin Ostriker uh, does it on his own on a Monday on the first uh, edition of the show. And then you have like Luke Braun and Ross Jackson and Chris Carter and other, other guys all week long that make locked on NFL a must see podcast. And it's free wherever you get your podcast on YouTube, by the way, on locked on NFL and then wherever you get your podcast, from an audio perspective, make sure you tap in and look for Locked On NFL every single day because it's your team every day here on Locked On Jaguars and the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to have a little bit more for you here on Locked On Jaguars. I'm going to tell you about these individual traits, and I'll do it in just a second. Third and final segment here on Locked On Jaguars. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. I'm almost at 5,000 subs on YouTube. Last I checked, I was like 18 away. 18 people away from 5,000 subs. That was a goal I had. And uh, now before the end of the year, I'm going to double it. But the goal I had when we started YouTube was for me to get to 5,000 subs. And because of you guys, I'm very, very close. Hopefully, it's because you like content. I know somebody does. I don't know who it is. Somebody dislikes my shows every single day. I can have 2,000 listeners. And I'll have 99.3%. And usually the like, the dislike comes before they even heard the whole show because I'll publish it and I'll be looking at my data and I'll be like, oh, somebody watched. And I'll get a dislike 
And I'm like, wait a minute. The show's 28 to 30 minutes long, and I just posted it four minutes ago, and already somebody said dislike. So shout out to my everyday hater because I see you, and it's all good. Just keep doing it because it doesn't matter. Um, but anywho, what we're going to do now is talk about the individual traits of these wide receivers. So we we know – I'll go with the guys that are already here. Zay Jones – is a contested ball catcher. Zay Jones can also get really, really deep. And Zay Jones does a real good job of finding the end zone uh, in the red zone and finding that first down marker. Now, my wife wanted to fight Zay Jones a couple of times last year because it always seemed like right after you have a really good game, he get a case of the drops the very next week. I think that's going to be helped this year because I've seen him. And I think he is physically a little bit stronger. And then I think his role will change. Even though he'll get less opportunities, I do think he'll get those big opportunities. And I think he'll have a huge impact on this team. Marvin Jones had some, some awesome catches last year. Remember, who caught the touchdown against the Ravens at the end of the game? It was Marvin Jones Jr., right? I'm telling you, he had some big catches, even though he didn't have a lot of catches. But Zay can do everything that Marvin Jones does. He probably just does it a little bit quicker and faster because he's younger and, and just a faster and a better athlete. With Christian Kirk, I still I would not be surprised if he still led the, uh, the team in receptions. Sort of like Devontae Smith, but just not in the biggest receptions. I, I think the biggest impact from a game-planning standpoint, I think that's going to be Calvin Ridley, who I'll get to in just a minute. But I believe Christian Kirk is going to be really, really effective and be a nightmare, and he's going to move the sticks. Kirk might be the guy that puts them in second and two more than anybody. A quick dump off to him, but boom, shake the first guy, almost get to the sticks, second and two, which is a nightmare for a defensive coordinator, especially when you have a team full of weapons, a team with good running backs, and a team with a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, because you don't know what second and two means. Second and two means that they they can try anything, man. They can go deep on you. They can, you know, do some misdirection. Quick out and get the first down. I never like when teams do that, by the way, if it's second and two or second and one, to just do something to get the first down. Go ahead and take a shot. You're going to get the first down on third down anyway, more than likely. But second and two is is is, is a hard thing to guard when the other team is, is, is cooking with grease, man, and they got all of these people. But he may be the one that's most responsible for getting them into that area. But he can also get deep. There were a couple of deep balls, and I've seen the highlights over the, the last couple of weeks when people were highlighting Trevor Lawrence's ability a couple of deep balls he dropped that he has to catch, especially in big game situations when he's going down the field. But he ain't the biggest dude in the world. He ain't really small. I saw him standing next to Steve Smith Sr. the other day, and he dwarfed him. But when he stand next, stands next to me, we're about the same height. He might be an inch, maybe an inch shorter than I am. Doesn't have the longest arm, so his catch radius is, isn't that great. But he kind of makes up for that because he separates once the ball is in the air really, really well. And remember, he ran track, so he does have very, very decent speed. Um, Calvin Ridley, everything I just said about both of them, we'll take both of them and mix them together. And Calvin Ridley is that plus a little bit more. Calvin Ridley has some giddy up in his giddy up. Calvin Ridley can run. He can high point balls. He does have long arms for a guy and he's a little bit taller than me. So he's about six one. He is fast. He's quick. He gets in and out of his breaks. He tiptoes balls on the outside. He's a hands catcher. He doesn't have any wasted motion. 
He changes gears once the ball is in the air. He's fearless when going across the middle. He can get deep and run under anything. This is why Calvin Ridley is the number one receiver, and that's what separates him from anyone else on this team. Because how, when is the last time we described a wide receiver for having all of that? You want to say Justin Blackman? Sure, but he wasn't as available as you want to be. It's been Jimmy and Keenan. Just professional route running. I have not seen so many guys be able to get to their point, get there, and it's probably an understanding for what the coaches want, but even more importantly than that, it's just that Trent Baalke has done a really, real good job of identifying, and Doug Peterson, identifying guys that can do the things that they want to do. I heard someone the other day talk about fluidity on offense and the flow and how they're going to they're gonna play. Well, I think they're going to be a very rhythmic team. The only way you can be rhythmic is to be a team that doesn't get knocked off of your rhythm. And the way you don't get knocked off of your rhythm is wide receivers have to be able to release with quickness, get in and out of that stem, which is whatever their release is, the end of their release before they get into their route, and then be able to separate in small spaces and have deep speed. Get to those spots and get them get get there quickly and don't let anything prevent you from getting there. They all have foot quickness. They're not big, but they're not small like Tyreek Hill and, and, and Waddle. But they're good size. They're 5'11, 6'1, and 6'2. They're quick, they're long, and they're going to be able to get to those spots. Now, against the Chargers, there were a couple of plays where Zay Jones didn't really separate from Asante Samuel Jr. And Asante was able to make plays. And I know people wanted penalties to be called on those plays. But now he doesn't have to do that. By Now Asante Samuel Jr. got to guard Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley is going to do that. And Zay Jones can focus on the things that he does. Zay Jones is a real good tracker of deep balls. And like I said, he finds the first down marker. Christian Kirk really runs well after the catch and knows how to sit down in those zones. And he catches everything that's thrown to him, maybe except those where he's running really, really fast down the field and he has to stretch his arms out. And Calvin Ridley can do both of them. So quick recap. We talked about we have to remember Kirk and Zay because they're going to make this transition easier on the field. We also have to applaud them for the way they made the transition easy off the field for Calvin Ridley and give Calvin Ridley some credit to that because when they do drills, he didn't come out here and start going first. Zay Jones goes first. Calvin Ridley goes second. It's really like a LeBron Wade, and I know I might be going too far, but you need guys to, to sort of blend and mesh and say, no, I'm going to let you do this, but I'm going to do that. So it's very, you know, like I said, Christian Kirk could still lead this team in reception. Zay Jones only had two receptions less than Kirk last year, but Kirk just was always considered the number one and rightfully so. I think the same thing will happen this year. I think Calvin Ridley may lead the team in receptions, but at least if he doesn't, he'll lead the team in yards and big plays. And then you have Christian Kirk who can be all day. And of course, all day Dre will make his catches. And then you throw in the backs and Evan Ingram and the improved tight end room and Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for at least 4,800 yards this year. That's just my opinion. You want to flex on, on me and show me yours, make sure you hit the comment section. Also, 
hit me up on social media shop talking with go to locked on jaguars uh, x page and 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 also make sure you just tap in every single day especially if you're an everyday man make sure you let me know that you checked out the podcast all right hopefully by the time i come back tomorrow i'll be at over five thousand subs we're gonna celebrate i might i ain't gonna drink no bubbly on air but i might have me some um something that looks like champagne while we toast those five thousand subscribers until then you guys take care of each other i will do the same and i'll see you next time on locked on jaguars